Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999, under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm JT Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 16-10 and 10 after losing to Oklahoma State, 76-80. to 80. JT, we always start off with you. Thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, disappointing. Just That's the word of the whole thing man you, you win against UCF on the road have a chance to I mean even though I mean arguably the worst team in the conference I mean no team is an easy team in the Big 12 but at the same time at home you you can't lose to Oklahoma State and that's what happened I mean uh, they allowed them to shoot over 50 percent for the entire T of the game, both halves. I think they shot a little bit better in the first half. They got it close to the low 50s in the second half, but it was a game that they did not get the stops they needed. And then when they did get a stop, they didn't score when they needed to or, you know, turn it over or they didn't get the rebound to complete it. And if they didn't complete it, it was a three, you know. So it's just one of those games, man, where you just did not expect them to lose. Um, and I think it really hurts their NCAA tournament hopes. I mean, the positive that you, you still got other teams you could play, but now you got to win some tough, 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 tough games, um, for it to work out. But we'll see. But it's just one of those games, man. You can't, you can't lose to Oklahoma State, not this year, not at home. JT, uh, tell me if you agree with me or disagree with me. I think this Oklahoma State game was a worse loss than the West Virginia game. Yes. But both of them are bad losses, but this one is even worse because you're at home. You're at home. You're coming off a victory, you know, you know and then and you think you go to TCU, a team you beat earlier. Yeah. You could potentially have three in a row. Yeah. I, I just think this is a you know, worse loss. Than yeah, for sure. Because it seems like they, as soon as you think they turn that corner, like they finish a close game at UCF, and then you come home and lose a close game at home. To no disrespect to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State, but they they're not, you know, what they normally are. You know, they are trying to play a lot better. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, like that's a game you have to, you know, close and just a lot of like mental errors end up beating them at the end. Uh and you just can't you can't lose it, man. Cause you think they're about to stack some wins up. Like, okay, you got two in a row. Yep. Okay. You only one game under 500 going to TCU on the road. TCU has, you know, injury that could hurt them. Um, but still, they're a tough team. So it's not like it's not a gimme. And, uh, but the, the gimme that they had, they, 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 they missed it, you know. So can't miss those gimmies. And Oklahoma State was a gimme at home. And you, that's this definitely is the worst loss of the season. And it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this one. Yep. Neil, your thoughts? Yeah, as JT mentioned, I thought, man, last night that was a tough loss. I mean, you look down at the stats right now, Oklahoma State shoots 56% from the field. I mean, that just can't happen versus a team that's been absolutely struggling throughout this season. But the biggest thing for Oklahoma State last night, Meech, was 71 of their 80 points came from starters. I mean, five guys in double figures. I mean, I think that's the first time all season that UC has allowed five players to score double figures. I mean, Javon, Javon Small finished with 19. Brandon Garrison finished with 14. I mean, Kewan Williams finished with a, basically a triple-double, basically 12 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. UC has never allowed somebody to go for a triple-double in the years I've covered them, and that's this is season number four. So overall, to see that, it's, it's tough because they had their moments right there. I mean, you have a five-point lead about the eight-minute mark, and then – you just let it slip away. You get 14 points in the final six minutes while Oklahoma State goes on at 26 to outscores you at 26 right there. And that right there, I think, was the worst defensive segment of the season, personally. And that was 
just because they allowed it was either 24 or 26 points over a six minute span. Like that is, I know the TCU game the first time around, I mean, you were looking at like, okay, this is going to be a shootout because the first time those two games teams faced off, it was 20 points in opening seconds, opening minutes. It felt like, but this loss substantially hurts their NCAA tournament chances, but there's still some great positives to take away from it. Obviously, Everyone's really worried now about what's next in terms of the NCAA tournament. How how can they get there? Everyone knows the path now. You have to win at Houston, at TCU. But for me, what really stood out on Wednesday night versus Oklahoma State was Dan Skilling's made an early impact yet again. I mean, only finished with nine points, didn't have his best offensive night. But you look down, you see 10 rebounds from the sophomore again. That's fantastic. And then I thought Jizzle James was fantastic as well. So overall, there's still a lot of positives to take away from this, but man, that was a, that was a gut wrenching blow for West Miller and the Bearcats at fifth third arena on Wednesday. Well, you just mentioned Jizzle James and he was one of the guys that a lot of people were talking about. I know at the arena and they were like, why didn't Jizzle play towards the end of the game? I think he helped them, you know, the Bearcats go on a, on a run there and offensively, um, I think he was doing great things, but didn't see Jizzle towards the end there. Your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll jump in. I can jump in first if you want. Yeah, go Um, for it. Basically, uh, Jizzle was getting – they were – Oklahoma State was attacking Jizzle James in the high ball screen from the rip. And they – after that 9-0 run, they attacked him three straight possessions, which led to the substitution. Day-Day Thomas comes in and gets an immediate steal in the same situation, the same scheme – a high ball screen, and that's what they were looking for. But then Day-Day gets hot, gets a couple steals, a couple turnovers. They get out, and they try to make another run. But by the time that four-minute mark came around, Wes Miller even told us post-game that it, he thought it was just a little bit too late, but he was trying to find a way to get him in there, and it just didn't, didn't wasn't really able to in the final segments of that. But Jizzle James was fantastic uh, on the offensive end. I really thought he changed this game in the second half. I mean, the 9-0 run, I mean, we talk about it frequently I know us three have I know Russ and I have also talked about it but when Jizzle James gets going downhill to that mid-range jump shot of his no team is defending that not his his bread and butter once he can get into that eight to twelve foot range that mid-range game good luck defending it and we saw it the other night I mean he dropped Javon Small hit the mid-range jumper there after he dropped him which was number four on Sports Center, by the way last night for top 10 plays so we have to shout that out but overall, I mean, he led that drive to come back. Without that stretch right there, it, it could have been much worse for the Bearcats on Wednesday night. But, but, but let, me, let me ask you guys this. So uh, something you said earlier, Neil, if, if defense was one of the major problems that game and Jizzle's defensively not giving you what you want, then he probably needs to be on the bench. But at the same time, JT, he's giving you a spark on offense. So. What do you do as a coach there, JT? So, okay. I was talking about this in the presser. Um, the thing is, especially last night, and he had like a bad plus minus, but sometimes that can be – won't. it's not an end-all y'all to me. Um, in that game, I thought he was getting it back on offense like easy. So I think – I mean – Think about it like, okay, I know Day Day got the steal, like, soon as he got in, but they, I mean, Jizzle didn't really play. He might have played the last few seconds or whatnot, but he didn't play like the from the last from the eight minute mark or around that time. I mean, Oklahoma still was scoring, so I mean, like, they, I mean, they still went on a run. So the thing is, I thought the offense was not, 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 um, you know, slight, slighting Day Day at all, but I thought the offense was moving a lot smoother with, with Jizzle. Um, I just think he's a better scorer than Day Day per se, and um, where I think de- um, defensively Day Day is a lot better. Don't get me wrong, but I think that game, at that game, uh, I mean, I think Jizzle could have, I think he could have had an outcome, helped the outcome a lot better if he if he played a few more minutes because he he had it rolling. They did have a little run, but he was. He was doing what he wanted, so I thought like he was he, he was going to be able to create for others. I don't know if he had a lot of assists last night. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean he was super efficient on offense, and I, I would have 
like to see him have played more because I feel like even though he was on the bench, the defense didn't do enough anyways overall as a team. So I would have rather seen the hot hand keep rolling at night. Yeah. You know, here's another thing, too. We When we talked about this last pod when we previewed the Oklahoma State game, I had made the point, I think you guys piggybacked on it, that the Bearcats can't take this team for granted. And I feel like they did, like, I almost felt, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I felt like the team, even when we got down, what were we down halftime, Neil? 37 to 32? Help me out. Yeah. Down 37-32 at half. I felt like they felt the players like, okay, we're going to get the momentum. The crowd's going to, you know, get fired up. We're going to go on a run, and we're going to win this basketball game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt yeah. like feeling that way. And and, I, and the crowd got taken. The crowd was like out of it, too, a little bit. Yeah. You know, Wednesday night, a lot of shit going on. But um, and remember I said, remember I made that comment? Um Last podcast about, and I asked you, Neil. I said, "Does Oklahoma State shoot a three, shoot the three very well?" And you were like, uh, "No, they're 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 not very good at that." And, I, and what did I say? You gotta, even though they're not good, you gotta contest because you gotta respect it because they're they're, you know, anybody that plays at the college level is capable. I mean, we saw D. Davis. We talked yep. about that last pod, and what happened, man? Like, shot forty one percent from behind the arc. What they made yep. like seven threes. And I'm yep. like, and, and my buddy that went with me, he's like, he's like, man, they're good three-point shooters. And I'm like, oh boy. And he doesn't really watch, you know, college basketball. Like he's like, hey man, Oklahoma State shoots the ball well, huh? Well, yep. uh, man, that that was that was, it was, I was I'm sitting there thinking, like, we just talked about this on the pod, man. Yep. Literally, literally just talked about it. Everything that we said they couldn't do, really, they did. So it's like it was crazy. And it's it's a stat on there. They had we out rebounded them by I think seven around that time. We out rebounded them well. Okay. The rebounding margin was 32 to 26, so by six. So look, they had six offensive rebounds. Guess how many points they scored off six offensive rebounds? Twelve. Twelve, yep. Yeah, every time. Wow. Twelve. So just think about it. They doubled up on offensive rebounds. We had, I think, 13 offensive rebounds and scored 15. Yep. Wow. And that's the game almost, right? That's pretty much the game right there. I think we turned the ball over too much, too. We didn't have a ton, but it was just like a lot of non-forced turnovers. Like, yeah, it wasn't their pressure. And they were bad moments, too, some of those turnovers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was tough. The, the 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 smalls kid, um, Neil, you had, you had talked about him, and I I mean he was he was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was fantastic despite having six turnovers. I, and, so, huh? And another thing on him, he scored nineteen. I think he was like seven of fourteen. Seven of seven 15, one of seven from three. He had nineteen with he was one of seven from three. Wow. If you wow. take away the three-point attempts, like he still was like he was super efficient without the three points, three pointers. And remember, he was um he was the guy at the end, right? That was making those free throws. What was he four for four? Yeah, four for four. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was making those like I was like, and hey. it's funny, funny you mentioned the free throw meets Oklahoma State was 13 from 14 from the line in this contest. Jeez. 93%. Man, yeah, and they shoot like coming into this. I mean, small shoots real well, no matter what. I think he's like in the 80s, but their team shoots. Dang, we looked at it. I think he, they shoot like under 70% as a team, like 67% coming into the up there. The yeah, worst free throw shooting team in the big, big 12, low in the free throw shooting percentage. Don't miss one free throw against us, I think, or two, one or two. This is back to my point last podcast, and Hugs used to say that. If you play at this level of college, you are capable. Yep. You are capable. Maybe they haven't consistently done it at a high level, but they're yep. capable one game, and that's what happened. Yep. And you got you got to think too. A lot of the like, okay, Oklahoma State might be the, the 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 bottom of the barrel of the Big Twelve, but even bottom of the barrel is good. You're playing good enough competition every single night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. 
coming to Cincinnati, you know, I don't I don't know who I don't know who Oklahoma State played, you know, prior and all. I know they beat the uh, BYU before and all that. They are plenty capable of coming in and beating UC, and they they sure enough did. So, but it, it was like I said, I thought this um, man, this was a tough this was a tough loss. But the Bearcats are back in action and take on TCU on Saturday at 3 p.m. in Fort Worth, Texas. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the big old segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats do we need to look out for? Man, that's a good question, man. Um, everybody. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, uh, for real. Uh, let, let me see. I'm, I'm about to about to do some quick because the team has been so much it's so much different from the first meeting i'm about to see what that looked like real fast you know, the first time we played tcu yeah oh man i'm trying to remember that game i know 81 77 in overtime i think skillings played he he had he had he, he scored pretty well that game right skillings that was did. the game john newman took over in overtime and late in the second half Okay. Mm-hmm. Vic Vic played decent that game too. I think he was in double figure scoring, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, that game was Day Day Thomas with 21, John Newman with 20. Ah, it was Day Day. Yes, it was Day Day. Had a big game, and that was the game where Newman went eight for 12 with 20 and eight. Gotcha. Yep. Dang. All what, right. Wasn't wasn't uh, didn't Vic have like 10 or 11 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 11 and five. Three assists. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. There yep. was Daly that played well that game. That's right. Okay. Yep. All, right, so, all right. Cool. So this game, I am going. I'm going Dan Skillings. He scored okay. double digits. He's been scoring double digits. He's made a couple. Like he's been giving and taking, but he had a couple bad plays at the wrong time. You know, last game, but he's been pretty solid on the road. Um, that's been one thing. I, I look to see him rebound it. I mean, he rebounds well. I feel like I want to see him with a 12 to 16 in between six to 10 boards mm. um, against TCU. I mean, he had 13 and six the first game. I think, um, I think he, I mean, he's played, I mean, he had nine and 10, you know, against Oklahoma State. Didn't shoot it great, but I think he'll bounce back and um, shoot it pretty well and a rebound the ball good. So, um, I guess those going baseline. I think he just creates a problem. He's super athletic. I think he'll. I think he'll bounce back. I think he, it's some plays that he wish he could have back against Oklahoma State. And I think he'll make up for it against against uh, TCU. He had he had one really bad three. Yeah, he had a bad that 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 three was oh man he had that bad three and that bad turnover. Which was the turnover? Was the that turnover or right after? I forgot who scored, but it was the Bearcats. I think were down one, and it was like he was like at round like half court. And he tried to I don't know if he tried to throw a lob to his to oh. his Um, and they and Oklahoma State ended up coming down and scoring like a mid range shot off yeah. of it. Or they might have hit a three. I don't know if they hit a three. No, that was off that rebound. But now that was they might have hit a mid range off of it, put them down three. Mm. Yeah. So that three was real bad too. Yeah. So he had a couple plays. I think I know he wish he had back. So um, I think he makes makes up for it on the road. Um, but we've been picking better on our on our players to watch lately, though. <laughs> We're starting to figure this shit out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Yep. Uh, Neil, who do we need to watch out for from TCU? Yeah, so for TCU, first off, let's talk the injury bug. Uh, they are without Ernst Uda Jr. Their leading center was hurt in the West Virginia game, did not play versus Texas Tech on Tuesday night. And the last time these two teams matched up, Uda just bullied the Bearcats inside where he finished with 11 points and nine rebounds in just 24 minutes of play on five of eight shooting. So overall, and you're looking down at the stats from that game, six of those nine rebounds came on the offensive glass. So that's a big presence for TCU to not potentially not have in the front court. So that is a huge opportunity for the Bearcats to really 
use their height. Aziz Bandego, Victor Lockin, potentially, who played very well, as we talked about earlier in the first matchup versus TCU. Uh, Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds, Vic. This is an opportunity for them to really kind of take advantage there and see what they can do with their TCU's leading offensive or leading rebounder not in potentially not available for this one. But then you're looking down at other players to watch. I think Micah Peavy is the guy that really stands out to me for TCU, a big physical guard. But for people who remember, heading into overtime in this last matchup, there was a jump ball under the Bearcats basket where just was it was a basketball move, but Micah Peavy ended up getting caught with an elbow right when they separated from John Newman. Ended up having to get stitches immediately after the game. Blood was tripping down. He finished the game despite having the cut. But it's it was a physical battle, and I think Jamie Dixon even kind of talked about it after the game that he wanted a flagrant foul, and he made the comment that he thought the TCU didn't get that call because of their quote-unquote history, referencing the Kansas flagrant foul at the end of that one on Hunter Dickinson that they got away with. But overall, TCU... Travion uh, Tennyson, the point guard, he lit the Bearcats up the last time these two played. He's a high-volume scorer. We saw that in the first contest. I think he finished with 16 or 17 and really, really made the Bearcats hurt from behind the arc. And then you're looking down at TCU. I mean, this is a TCU team. Emmanuel Miller is the guy that makes this TCU team go. I mean, averaging nearly 17 points a game. But the Bearcats held him to his worst, probably one of his worst, Shooting performances of the season the last time they played, I thought John Newman was fantastic on him in the first matchup. He played 39 minutes in that first contest, finished just 5 of 14 from the field with 15 points. So overall, they really they really did a great job at containing Emmanuel Miller, but he's a six foot eight forward who can really, and I mean, he's got an NBA-style frame. I believe he's close to 225, 230, and he plays with great physical presence. He loves to get into the paint and attack and get to his spots in the mid-range game. But he is a physical player, and he's probably arguably one of John Newman's toughest matchups this season. So John Newman potentially going to have his hands full in this one. But for that, those are the guys you got to really kind of rely on for TCU. You know what time it is. All right, this is the part of the podcast where we play the name game with Neil Meyer, and we have Neil normally guess, or or I should even say guess, but try to pronounce the opposing team's players' names, and we know there are a lot of international players these days, but we've done TCU before, so I want to throw a curveball at you. All right, Neil? Let's do it. Let's you do ready? it. So, so get on your computer and go to San Jose State. JT, you know I'd 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 pick one of them random teams. You know, you know them those those random teams have some crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so, you ain't lying. What the? Yep. All right, we're yeah. ready. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay, San Jose State. Let's go with number four. Adrame Diongo. <laughs> Your last name? Diongo. Diongo. Number five, Tibet Goriner. Say the first name. Tibet mm. Goriner. That's good. Number seven, Pasha Goodarzi. How you say the first name? Pasha. 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 <laughs> Pasha. Did you take foreign language in in uh, Edo Kills, Neil? I took a little bit of Spanish. Okay, un poco. Uh, number thirteen. Number 13 is Alvaro Cardenas. Hmm. Number 22. Number 22, Robert Vejola. Ooh, okay. Number 23, last but not least. Diogo Cexis. <laughs> <laughs> JT like that one. Cexis. <laughs> Say it again. What's up, Cexis? Diogo Cexis. Yes. You know, I'm going to start doing, Neil, too. I'm going to throw a real curveball at you next time. I'm going to find one of those, like, international teams. I'm going to I'm gonna go find one of those. That's good. I, 
Yeah, I'm, I like I'm, that I'm, idea. Yeah, we're we're going we're going to do that. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, um, quickly, my player to watch. Now listen, I know I'm gonna throw one out there. Now, you guys ready? Go for it. JT, Neil, you ready? Yes, sir. I'm going to say it. CJ Frederick. I, for some reason, have a feeling CJ's going to be ready to play. CJ's going to knock down some threes, open up the game for the Bearcats. Mm. It's time. I mean, it's time. How much, Neil, you, you got the stats. Um, how much did uh, CJ play last game? Eight minutes versus Oklahoma State. Okay. And then last game, he played more last game, correct? Yeah. What was he around, what, 15, something like that? He was closer to the 16 range. Okay. About to double check, though, and see what he was versus, I believe it was Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah, check that. I, I, I would love to see CJ, you know, finally get back, hit some threes, get his swag going, open things up for this Bearcat team. What do you think about that, JT? Yeah, man, that'd be huge. Hit a couple threes. That'd be uh big, especially on the road, man. Because uh right now they they need it. I mean, they're in uh tough waters right now. Yeah. Yep. They need something. And I'm like, a wild card would be CJ, you know, like we know what he's capable of. Yep. This and this team, this team needs that. Yeah, in question. Kind of, yep. I don't know. I know we'll talk about what they need to play, um, you know, later. But, all right, would you – are you – question to both of y'all. If they win against TCU, right, on the road, does that make you feel better about the Oklahoma State loss? Or, like, are you just, like – it's still – I mean, it's still a bad loss, don't get me wrong, but are you, like, in a better place? Or do you kind of – it is what it – is it kind of, like – spill milk at that time how do you guys feel about that you know for, for me it's it's interesting because this team is so resilient like they like lose and when just when you think they're not going to win they they win yeah so it, it wouldn't surprise me um if they go and they beat tcu i think if they beat tcu i know for me my feeling would be like damn this would have been three in a row yeah. Now, now we're cooking with hot grease. So, yeah. I, I, the a win at TCU would make me really think about that Oklahoma State game more and be pissed. Yeah, same. That would be me. Same. Neil. Yeah. I, I definitely think if they can get a win versus TCU, I think it makes me feel a little bit better. But they still know that that's still a, it's still a tough loss because even all they really had to do versus Oklahoma State was just win. A win wasn't going to be something that, yes, it adds to their resume and to their win num win total, but on most bracketologies, most bracketologists were saying a win versus Oklahoma State wasn't going to do much to their resume because it's a quad three win in their situation. However, a loss was something that could potentially hurt them. But it looking at what I saw earlier, it looked like Cincinnati. They came in before the Oklahoma State loss. They were one of the first four teams out, and then they fall to Oklahoma State and now they're just the next four out so it's not like it did the wait, 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 wait. you said you said you meant the first four in first four out okay first, first four out heading into the Oklahoma State game okay. on many yeah. black bracketologists okay gotcha. um, so then gotcha. the lose in the latest uh bracketologist report came out today per Joe Lenardi and he had Cincinnati sitting at the next four out so he just had them drop maybe three spots following the loss so it's not like it could have been a different situation, yes, but having the opportunity to win three in a row and then really build your momentum going into Houston potentially early next week on the road, if you could go make it three in a row versus TCU on Saturday, I think I think it could have been a different different situation we're talking about. But now you lose to Oklahoma State, now you're going to have to go on the road to two tough environments in TCU. <laughs> and Houston versus teams that are basically ranked before TCU fell on Tuesday night, they were receiving votes in the AP poll. So they know what, what is at stake here versus the top 30 team or so in the country. So overall, I would have loved to see them have three in a row and build that momentum heading into Houston. 
But I think if they get a win versus TCU, I think it definitely builds momentum because TCU is better than Oklahoma State, and then TCU will get you right for Houston. But Houston's not going to be an easy task. But if you can build some momentum heading into it with a win over TCU, I'd feel pretty good about that. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Get loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They've been in your corner, in your position, and would love to help you solve all your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online at smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, the Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, can't. I don't think it's the, about the amount of turnovers against TCU. I think it's the type of turnovers. Um, can, uh, you know, I think Oklahoma State, it went from um, Iowa State turning the ball over just all over the place to the Iowa State. I mean, I would say Oklahoma State, they just had bad timing, timing of the turnovers. Um, want to keep that. I mean, then they only had 14. Want to keep that under 14. Uh, win the rebounding uh, battle again. And then um, I, I want to see them kind of, you know, Tennyson had 17 points against them. Uh the first game, I want to see them control him, keep him in the low teens or, or in the single digits because he did make some tough shots. And at home, it's going to be even – I think he's going to shoot even better if, if we allow him to have space. So I want to see them control him uh, a, a lot more. And then, uh, like I said, try to live in the paint, man. I don't think they lived in the paint enough against uh, against Oklahoma State. They got to live in the paint, use those big guys, and and drive more. Uh, just don't force the threes. Uh, unless it's CJ. CJ Frederick is the one I say he can shoot a couple threes where you might can scratch your head. And then um, CMOS. Um, CMOS, uh, I, like, I like how he's playing. But uh, I think they can't fall in love with the jump shot, a.k.a. the three ball, and they got to attack. I know that sounds like a broken record from me. But um, when they do that, normally good things happen. So I guess the, on the road – if, if you're not on, don't don't shoot him, shoot him in rhythm, but don't uh don't just fall in love with it because I feel like TCU may throw a little zone at them here and there, so they gotta they gotta be ready for that. And um, yeah, man, rebound the ball and then shoot. Try to sh- live in the paint, man, because hopefully living in the paint, you probably getting a few foul calls and getting them in foul trouble, and um, you, that slows down momentum. Just gotta knock down a few free throws. Yeah, JT, I like what you said. I'm going to touch on one of your points when I get to, uh, to my my points here shortly. Okay. Cool. Uh, Neil, uh, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah, to win big, I think they just really have to play to their game. I mean, you can't come out and have these spurts of 15-plus turnovers because looking down at the last matchup, the stats in this one, they had they turn, Cincinnati turned the ball over 15, but the thing that they did so well versus TCU in the first time was they were able to get TCU to turn the ball over quite a bit. They had 19 turnovers, despite it only being a four-point victory the first time around. If they can force TCU into that many turnovers this time again and really capitalize on those turnovers, I think that is going to be a substantial difference because in the first matchup, they created 19 turnovers, but they were only able to score 12 points off those 19 turnovers. So when you get a margin like that of 19 turnovers, you would that's not even converting on half of them there. You would hope that they could be able to convert on at least half of the, the turnovers there. So if they can score just about 50% of the time off TCU's turnovers and get them to turn the ball over around that margin again this time, I think that is going to be the key reason, a key part in this one. But obviously for this contest, if Ernst Uda is not able to go, I want to see the Bearcats just pound the ball inside to Aziz Bandego, Victor Lockin, Jamil Reynolds, whoever is in the front court at the time. Obviously, rotations have changed as of late. But I just want to see them put up at least 50 points in the paint. And I think that would be especially a big thing in this contest 
because they had 50 points in the paint the last time they played. But man, if they can do that, do that again, that would be a key reason to success versus them. But I think too, you got to match their physicality. If you come out lackadaisical or lazy and you don't play up the TCU's physicality, it it could be could be a tough one. So for them to win, you force them into turning the ball over 15 plus times. You win the rebounding margin and you stay physical, aggressive, and play true Cincinnati Bearcat basketball in terms of those three aspects right there. I think the Bearcats could be able to win this game big. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Um, so the, the, the thing I was going to piggyback off what you said, uh, JT, Neil um, touched on just there, and that's points in the paint. And um, I was going to bring up uh, getting over 50 points in the paint. I think it's going to be a key to the game. And I, w- I would love to see Vic, man, get some action. I, I, and, and this is what I wanted to say in this segment. This is what I had in my notes. Still to this day, even though Vic hasn't played much the last two games, I, I think his past game didn't play at all and just a little bit the other one, I still think he's your best big. I don't know what you guys feel about that, but I, I, I still think like offensively, I think you have to scheme more for Vic when he's on offensively, you know, when he's doing his thing. Mm. And I, I, I just, I would love to see Vic. They're a better basketball team when Vic is mm-hmm. scoring 11 points and five rebounds. And you have, yeah. to, you have to scheme on it. And listen, I, I'm on record as saying Jamil is going to be a beast next year once he gets a full off season working with Mike in, in, in the weight room, getting all his shit down. He, he He's definitely going to be, a beast um and you know look like you look at aziz like aziz is a you know offensively he's a threat in certain spots yeah he's not, you know what i'm saying like in certain spots yeah so i i still think like vic is such a key i would love to see him be in the mix his head's right and get some points in the paint jt yeah man i i think so too like um, like you said, like Vic, you know, Aziz is a certain, he's like a rim runner. Um, he's doing better at back to basket, but that's not his strong point. You know, he's pick and roll, you create, he gets in an open spot, dunk, you know, and that's his thing. Um, he's getting better back to basket, but that's not like you don't always just throw it down to him. And they have a few times here and there. Jamil, you could throw it back to the basket. Um, for sure. I think, like you for sure, you know, and I think that. Vic kind of has the best of both worlds, um, per se, especially right now. But yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him in there and getting up to get some positive, you know, play. But I mean, the last two games have been very t- last three. Has it been the last three games? Last three oh, games, wow. right? Been very telling. So yeah. we'll see if he gets, you know, gets back to that rotation. Um, but it would be a welcome sight to see him, you know, get the log 10, 10, 12 minutes, you know, against uh, TCU. Well, uh, so so JT, honestly, do you think do you think Vic plays much this game? If I was a bet man, you're I, I would say Pete Rose right now. You're Pete Rose. What are you betting? Uh pet Pete Rose. If I'm Pete Rose, how much money do I got? <laughs> am I, am I am, do I got a bankroll or am I low? <laughs> let's go bank. Let's go bankroll. All right, if I got a bankroll, I'm putting a, a respectable amount of the bankroll on. Vic doesn't play play um and if he does play it's very minimal minutes yeah. because against he didn't play against oklahoma state i just don't see where it changes um because you know Odie got those those spare minutes so yep. i don't see where it changes against tcu even though he does have a track record of having a solid game against them so we will see the kenyan segment yeah. keys of the game was sponsored by greg hood and the beachmont toyota Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood in the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood in the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. All right, so I'm a hot topic. You know, we normally have some kind of twist to the Bearcat athletic football basketball or some way tied back in not today today we're going to touch on 
Netflix shows. And the reason is I recently was with a group of people and we were talking about Netflix shows and it was like, it became the biggest argument and it was just like, well, discussion slash argument. But in your guys' opinion, what's the greatest Netflix show series or your favorite that you've ever watched? Now, JT, I don't know. Are you a big Netflix guy? Yeah, I haven't. Like, I still frequent it, but then I, like, let stuff load, like, build up, and then I'll find it, per se, sometime. Okay. So what 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 show did you see or series and you're like yeah this is this is this is what's up um off top of my head ozark man talk to him man yeah, that's, ozark. My that's my number one yeah ozark ozark was fire that was a good 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 show so it's it's definitely on my on the top tier of my series shows like it's a good, good show. So people, if y'all haven't watched Ozark, even though it's it's done now, is it was it five seasons, or six? Uh, I thought they gave us six. They gave us five or six, but they had that one, the one season was kind of, I don't know, it was a little bit odd. They they had I don't know, it was just a, I I, I didn't want the thing to end. Yeah, for sure. And the and the wife just got started being like off the chain. I ain't oh. see that coming. She was the reason they was in the stuff in the first place. <laughs> That's the that crazy was, part. That was man. I, I'm and I'm gonna talk a little bit about Ozark here in a minute. I don't want to steal your uh yeah under here. Go great, ahead. Great, great, great show. So yeah, I feel like dang the, the wife is dang something. She was in a commercial for something that like it was supposed to be decent too. Okay, oh, another Netflix show. I don't know if it was a, I can't remember if it was a movie or it was a series. And I was like, I'm gonna watch that, and I can't remember. I okay. saw it like on the ads, and now I can't remember what it what it is. But um, nah, the Ozark was the shit. So, people, okay. if you haven't watched that on Netflix, definitely watch that. That's 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 the go to there. I, I don't have anything else. Um, okay. That's good. To recommend unless you want to do uh some Chappelle comedy shows. Oh, all Chappelle all day, man. Yeah, all day. All day. Yep. Neil, you seem like a Netflix and chill guy, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely JT, isn't Neil the, the Netflix and chill dude? He, yep, yep, for sure. Yep. What you yeah. got for us, Neil? Better not be so, yeah. like love. It better not be like one of them love. No, 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 no love, no love stuff over here. <laughs> I am a big Outer Banks fan, right? I remember when that show first came out during covid actually so obviously when it came out it was during covid and back then it was like okay you're locked up what are you gonna do sit and watch netflix so i, I re-watched i think i watched the whole series of series one and outer banks it came out covid came out it was 2020 it came out right when covid started i think i as soon as it came out i watched the whole series in two days i I've think never i've never seen that i've never seen it real oh you got to season four is getting ready to come out it's a, it's a good show me it's good good show yeah, I haven't watched God, that either. God's missing out, missing out. Gotta that's, check that out. That's your favorite of all time. I love that series. I've watched it three or four times. I've watched Shameless a few times, but when if I'm watching Netflix, I'm a big documentary, sports documentary guy. I loved the quarterback series. I, I'm sure you guys have seen that. JT, have you seen that? Yeah, I've watched most of it. I didn't, I didn't finish it though. I, 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 no, I'm not. A, I don't watch a lot of sports stuff like. I haven't seen that. I don't watch a lot of sports stuff. I'm sorry on Netflix. Uh, I haven't. Besides last da- the last dance, but yeah, it's a it's a great great show. They follow around uh, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, and Pat Mahomes, and basically take oh, them through what the season is like in the NFL, like outside of just football. I heard about that. I take and, that back. I heard about that. Yeah. And I will say, after watching that show, I have became an even bigger fan of Kirk Cousins after watching that. Okay. So, awful just a great great show great human being like you get to see what kirk cousins did off the field josh allen did off the field patrick mahomes great kirk cousins will always have a great a great amount of respect for me after watching quarterback i think that's fantastic i know they're in discussion of potentially bringing a season two which i would be fantastic i'll be hyped to watch that 
Uh, the Florida documentary I thought was very interesting. Uh, uh, the, Aaron, the Gators. You're talking about the Gators. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Hernandez. I've watched that documentary a few times. Oh, man. I saw that. The Last Dance, as you mentioned, that's a good one. Yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of good documentaries out there on sports. 30 for 30s. I watch a lot of 30 for 30s. I don't know if they're on. So wait a minute, Neil. Did you? So did you end up? Sounds like you got a man crush on Kirk Cousins. So did you end up buying a jersey? No, I have not. I don't buy. <laughs> I don't rock jerseys like that though. I got like, I got an old school LeBron jersey and I got a Joe Burrow jersey. That's about it. Okay. Okay. I don't rock jerseys like that. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. But I don't know. You were talking. You were. Man, you kind of going on and on about Kirk. I was getting a little worried. Just what he does outside of the – it was like them seeing what he does off the field and his impact in the community that really was, like, fantastic. Like, Thanksgiving, he was out giving turkeys and stuff. Even after suffering an injury, like, that that's fantastic to see. Like, he could be at home, like, really sitting there wondering, like, okay, am I done for the season potentially? But as soon as he gets hurt or just comes off a victory, he's out there – in the community. So I think that's fantastic, especially with somebody with his platform and being such a high named professional athlete. Like you don't, people don't really get to see all that. Like you see it, like some stuff of like social media and stuff, but how they went and produced the the show was fantastic. I thought what they did was phenomenal. And I really hope they do it again for season two. I heard Joe Burrow might, might have been asked. I saw a rumor on that on social media. So, I mean, be pretty dope to see Joe Burrow on that series, rocking his Cartier, seeing whatever he does outside of the football facility. But overall, I'm a big sports documentary guy, sports movie. So if it's on Netflix and it's involved in some sports, I'm watching it. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. So I'm, I'm a little bit on the opposite side of you, Neil, in that I don't watch a lot of sports documentaries. I love the drug cartel stuff um like narcos yeah yeah i think didn't we did talk about this the other night where uh, you're watching uh chapo el chapo yeah yeah narcos it was fire not narcos i, just, I forgot bro. that was even on there i don't know why but yeah, yeah. narcos was the that was number I, two for me no question i've got on my sheet jt i've got ozark one narcos two yeah narcos was, is number two Oh man, that, I disrespected Narcos on that. I, yeah, that that's that that was fire. So good, but I'm, I'm watching the El Chapo one right now, and it's I'm in season two right now, and it's really heating up. And you know what's crazy about you know these like the Narcos, the the El Chapo series is like this should really happen, folks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> real. like I'm watching it like that's crazy, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Then you go, <clears throat> here's a crazy thing. If you guys ever get a chance to watch El Chapo, watch it. And as some crazy shit happens, Google search to see if it really happened in real life. And you'll go, oh, there's like a news article on this. Like, yeah, the one they they uh, uh, one of the El Chapo's guys that they cut off his wife's head and mailed it to her. And I'm like, man, that's not real. Then you look it up. It's like, dang, that shit really happens. Like, yo, didn't my man run for president? <laughs> Who, Chapo? Or Pablo. Was it Pablo that ran for president? Uh, Pablo Escobar. My, I can't remember. He it, ran for know. something super important in the, in the Congress, didn't he? That's Over there. That was in Narcos. I can't remember. Remember he... He, you remember he, he won, put, didn't he? He put himself in his... He built a jail for himself. <laughs> he put himself in his own jail. It was, I was like, what? I was like, this really happened. Hey, bro, like, that's crazy. Crazy. Yo, those drug those drug cartel. I watched one on um um the female. The oh, uh, you watched Griselda Griselda Blanco? Griselda. Oh man. I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna start watching that one. But have you you watched Cocaine Cowboys? I have not watched that yet. I will so watch Cocaine Cowboys first. Okay. Well, uh, wait a minute. I've already watched Griselda. Ah, okay. If you yeah, watch because I think they put a little bit, they put a little, uh, they put, I mean, I heard it's good, but I heard they put a little twist to it per se, but Cocaine Cowboys was like a documentary yeah. about the Griselda, like her, yeah. essentially. I haven't seen that yet. I, I need to. Yeah, it's legit. Like, it is fire. It's two of them. It's one and two. 
And then it's like a dude, it's like a black dude in like, was he from Oakland? A dude, what's his name? Charles Cosby? Charles Crosby, maybe? He like one of the the only dudes that survived, like her boyfriend, like her boyfriend that survived. Like everybody else, like she ended up killing him, like, but she didn't kill dude. Mm. Yeah, like the only one, because she would be so paranoid and stuff, like she would just kill, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was off the chain. Man, I'm gonna tell you what, man. Yeah, she was woo. Off the chain. She was, she was yeah, she was paranoid. But that's what I love about that El Chapo. Like he, man, he's so calculated with everything. Like so, so here, look, I'm gonna say this. Here's my here's my thing with like series, like Netflix series, the ones that I like. I love ones. I, I love this. The, I'm a character guy. Yeah. Like, you know, writing's good on some shows, but you gotta have like characters. Like with Ozark, the reason Ozark's the goat to me is man, the characters on that show. Yeah. Like you fall in love with a character and then he then he or she will get her brains blown out like this. <laughs> like, damn. And yep. then you got, you're like, okay, I gotta go with Ruth. I love Ruth and I love you know, so yeah, Ruth. Ruth is off the chain. I and I so I thought I've always thought I would well I would love to see them because they're they're finished record they're not going to do another Ozark or uh, another season apparently is to do a spinoff with Ruth or with uh, I'm sorry with the uh, Ruth got killed right yeah she got killed at the end she was yeah. in that the children I'm sorry the children not Ruth that'd be fire the children yeah like like have them take over things and and run because Ruth Ruth got killed but. Yeah, I no. thought she was gonna survive too. I did too. I did too. God, I love her. you know, you know what, you know what? Uh, did you ever watch Dukes of Hazard growing up? Not enough to like really follow, like to the to, to peep the storyline. Like I watched it a few times, but not like enough to be like, oh, I remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. the that was the first show that I fell in love with because the characters, like Boss Hog. Roscoe Pico train, like all these characters on the show, man. You just you just loved them. Uncle Jesse, the Duke boys. Like there was only one black dude on the show, and he was like the sheriff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like of like a different town. <laughs> Love the characters on Dukes of Hazard, but <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm rolling with Ozark. Uh you're with me on that, JT. Yes, sir. Um, narcos coming you know a lot of people say when i was uh i was at channel 12 local 12 and we were having this discussion some folks felt uh breaking bad was their favorite um yeah but breaking bad really not a it's not a netflix show though yeah that's true but they were just talking about breaking bad being one of the greatest yeah it is shows or whatever but it is it's it's, it's definitely in my top five breaking bad is yeah What's your favorite show of all time, man? Uh, each, I'll ask Neil. Neil, you can answer too. What's your favorite show of all time? Favorite show? Like, yep. what do you mean show? Like, what kind of show? Series, series. I mean, Ozark. Well, I, I, I think Ozark's my favorite ever. But, um, beyond that, yep. What's what's your one not non Netflix favorite show? Non Netflix. Damn. Yep. I, I don't know. I'm not a. See, I'm not a super. I'm not a super TV guy or like I just don't okay. have any time, but damn, that's a maybe we'll we'll come back to that one then. Yeah. Yeah, my non non-favorite one. That's tough. That's tough. TV. Got it really my parents still have cable, so I mean I could really sit and try and figure that one out pretty easily. Yeah, what about you, JT? Uh mine's the wire. I still I I've never seen the wire. Oh my god, man! You might have to fire you. It's, that's I do a, a lot. Offense. Lot of, uh, you, might have to, you gotta get a new former player. Uh, <laughs> this is crazy. I do a lot of watching uh, when I'm at home. Get time to watch TV or something. I do a lot of watching like First Forty Eight, them crime documentaries, murder. Those would be fire. I watch a lot of those. Yeah, I watch a lot oh. of those. Oh, if you're talking about like, okay. Like, would you would you allow me to say Law and Order? Yeah, you can say Law and Order. That's fair. Yeah, Law and Order is my favorite show ever. Like, oh, I, if you mean that, the Law and Order by far is my favorite. 
ever. Okay, that's fair. Order right now, I could probably tell you, like, if Ice T was in it, (laughs) (laughs) Ice T is a legend. Ice T, Ice T is a legend. Like you can tell, like, what's that? To the mama. Yep. But you know, you know the funny part about Law and Order? It's almost like Kobe. You've got the Afro Kobe. And then the, sh- the you know the short hair the bald Kobe yeah on order you got the ponytail iced tea yeah you got the short hair <laughs> yep, for real I loved them all bro like oh my god I love Law and Order yeah Law and Order is fire that's definitely a good show hundred percent can't argue with that one never seen the wire man everybody no, tells the me wire that. man the wire is the color the character development knows fire. Fire, man. It's fire. It was almost like uh had stars and it stars would move. Like it was just, it was it was great. It was great, man. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm putting down the wire and outer banks are two shows. Yeah, I need to try to check outer banks. I never watched that, but the wire that time gotta to watch watch all, wire. all Americans a good show. I, I used to like All American a lot, but then it started getting too cheesy for me. Yeah, it, it did start getting cheesy towards the end. They're coming out with a new se- a new season over here soon, so hopefully it gets back to what it was. But at first, it was really good. Yeah, my wife watches all of it. She misses that show. It's still it's good though, but that's not one of my favorites though. It's not one of my favorites. It's not it's not even top twenty for me. Mm. But it's solid show. You can't. That's not bad. That's bad. It's good new solid new TV for sure. But hey, um, let, me ask, let me ask you guys this real quick. So when um. During the pandemic, when The Last Dance came out, that first episode of The Last Dance, did you watch it when it came, like came out, like that first day? Like, so I remember, yes. like, you remember, like, <laughs> y- you did? Oh, yeah. It was like, that was like the best thing on TV. Man, that was like, I mean, I, I literally, I turned out the lights, like, had popcorn. <laughs> I had the whole idea. Man, I was like, oh, it was so good. I'm going to tell you my favorite thing about The Last Dance, because I'd seen so much on Michael Jordan over the years just because I'm you know, huge Michael Jordan fan, but the music attached to that that documentary was perfect, man. Perfect. Yeah, that, that yeah. was good. It was definitely very well done, for sure. Perfection. Yeah. Neil, Neil, you watched The Last Dance, right? Yep. I, I, that's, I, I haven't watched, I did not watch it a second. I watched it the first time and then I've not watched it since. I plan to do that at some point, but yeah, I feel like I watched it at least twice, maybe three times. It's you, damn. Yeah, I watched it at least twice. I'm not a I big, it once. I haven't watched it again. It's been a while since I watched it though, but I've watched it at least twice. Hey, you know what? You know what's crazy is like, you got to think a lot of that stuff. In the last dance, like at one point they knew they were creating a documentary, right? Yeah. Prior to that point, they didn't know they were doing a documentary. So they probably didn't have all the footage. But then you look at a guy like LeBron. I mean, you gotta think LeBron's documentary is gonna be crazy because they've been recording and following him around for they've kind of known that since like St. Mary St. Vincent, right? Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be sick. Woo! Sick. That's gonna be sick. Yeah. Whenever that drops, it's gonna be like, oh they no, might, probably ten years from now. They might have to just make a pandemic just to have everybody sitting at home and watch it. That'll <laughs> be something. That'll be uh no that that'll be that'll be definitely a good one, especially sure. if him and Bronny end up playing together. Yeah, that'll be you crazy. That'd, that'd be fun to see. The Twyman segment was sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, a part in pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contacted online at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota and Visionary Cleaners. I'm going to remind everybody I'm going to be doing two more podcasts live at Mio's 
I'm doing one on March 2nd. It will be the walk-on podcast. I got my guys confirmed. We will have a lot of the walk-on goats of the past in the house for that walk-on. I'm super excited to have those guys in the house, the John Meekers, Brandon Millers, uh, Sam Martins, the, the, the whole, the whole to Zach Tobler, Alex Eppensteiner. So I'm excited to have all them. And then March 9th, we'll have Steve Logan in the building. The one of the greats, Steve Logan. Um, also make sure Bearcat fans, you go back and listen to the, uh, John Newman interview. Very, very good interview. I had somebody ask me about that or talk to me about that at the UC game, um, the other day. So make sure you check out that John Newman interview. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online at DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast, and go Bearcats.